Well, good morning. I hope everyone is safe at home. Um, I was thinking about what I was going to talk about this morning before we get into worship. And a few weeks ago, uh, I did a message about walking with God. So I have a few questions that may require some interaction. Uh, because you're viewing us, you are currently on Facebook. And my questions would be... My bad. How's your walk with God going? Second question is how is your walk with your family going? Um, I'm thinking about the family side of it because I feel that because we have all this time on our hands, we might, we might be thinking about a family member that we haven't spoken to in a long time and that that person is now on your heart and you may be battling the enemy and his mission is to keep you separated. The enemy's job is to keep you from restoring a relationship. So I wanna pray into that right now that if you are struggling with rebuilding a relationship, um, I wanna pray for you. But the interactive part is I would love to see comments on Facebook of where you are with your walk, such as how is it going? Um, maybe revelation. Uh, your word that you type on that Facebook, uh, whatever it's called, because rem remember, I don't have Facebook. So whatever you may type in there may be an encouragement to someone else. It may be what they need to hear right now. So we're going to pray into that family, uh, that, that restoration, so Heavenly Father, we just lift up those broken relationships, those struggling relationships. Uh, we ask you to remove the enemy's stronghold. We pray for hearts and minds. We pray for that restoration. There's nothing that is bigger than you, but most of all, there's nothing that is too small for you to hear that you want to hear from us. So we commit this time of worship, but we just, we're just in awe of how you provide. And also, I, I want to continue to lift up the, uh, the first responders and the medical teams, uh, the nurses, the doctors, but most of all, the people that are responsible for cleaning up and making things sterile in those environments. Um, I know through our company we are hiring people to come in and clean. Well, we're asking them to clean up potential virus areas. And we sometimes forget about those people. So we, we ask for protection over them. Keep them safe, Lord. We love you. And uh, let's see those posts happen. Amen, amen. Just like Pastor Andre said, you know, interact. Make sure you, you're posting and you're sharing. Um, I was on the way to, to, to film today. And I'm not going to lie, I was a little bummed because this isn't fun anymore. <laughs> so now I, we miss you. We miss being a family. We miss being together. But we know that's going to happen again. And we believe it's going to happen soon. But then I, I just pressed into the Lord. 
and he's so good and he's so big and he's so great. So I want to I want you just to take a moment wherever you're at. Get into a posture of worship, whatever that may look like. And let's just wait on him and invite him. Come, Holy Spirit, right in our homes, right in our houses, right in our right in this room. Lord, we know that you are able to do all things and that you hold all things together. We honor you, God. We honor you. Keep pressing in. Right where you're at, invite him into your your home, into your space, into your heart, right where you're at. Gather the family. Holy Spirit, do something special on this Palm Sunday. Just as you rode in, God, triumphantly, we believe you'll ride in again triumphantly. As the King, as the risen Christ, as the, as, as the glorious, glorious King of this world. You are our Messiah, Jesus.
Not for a moment did you forsake me. Not for a moment did you forsake me. After all, you are constant. After all, you are only good. After all, you are sovereign. Not for a moment did you forsake me. He never forsakes us. He never leaves us. No matter what's happening in the world around us, he's always with us. You were singing in the dark, whispering your promise, even when I could not hear. I was held in your arms, caring for a thousand miles, and not for a moment did you forsake me. After all, you are constant. After all, you are only good. After all, you are sovereign. Yeah. Not for a moment did you forsake me. Not for a moment did you forsake me. Every step, every breath, you are there. Every tear, every cry, every prayer. In my hurt and my worst, when the world falls down, not for a Will you forsake me, not for a moment? Will you forsake me? Mountains are still being moved. Strongholds are still being God, we believe it. Yes, we can see it. Wonders are still what you do. Bodies are still being raised. Giants are still being slain. God, we believe it. Yes, we can see it. Wonders are still what you do. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. Set our hearts on you. Come and do what you do. We need to move. 
This is a move. This is a move. Lord, thank you so much for being so wonderful, for being so good, for being our helper in our time of trouble. We will lift up our eyes into the hills because that's where our help comes from. Our help comes from you, Lord. Father, bless Pastor Jeff as he brings the word. We thank you, O oh God. now somebody's watching and in the name of Jesus I decree and I declare that the pain in your body has to go right now right now Good morning, everybody, and welcome to uh, Harmony Vineyard Church Online. I'm Pastor Jeff Fain, and we're glad that you are uh, here watching with us today. And uh, happy Palm Sunday. It certainly is a strange feeling to be in church on Palm Sunday and not really have anybody else here. Um, before we get going today, though, I wanted to just mention something that we're going to be doing starting this Wednesday. And we're going to be doing an online Bible study, and we're going to be covering the book uh, of John, and specifically the seven signs that are in the book of John. Now, I know a lot of people have probably read through the book of John a lot, and uh, maybe you feel like you know it, but let me just uh, throw something out at you. If I were to, well, let's just say this. How many times would you guess that you have looked at a dollar bill in your life? Hundreds? Thousands, maybe? Probably you think you know what it looks like pretty well. So if I were to ask you to sit down with a sketch artist and describe what is on the dollar bill so that he or she could draw it, what do you think it would look like? Do you think you get all the detail right? And so my point in this is that even though we may have read something a lot, there are still an awful lot of details that we miss. And, uh, and so I would really encourage you to, uh, to, to come and join with us on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock. We're going to do it every Wednesday at 7 o'clock. And this is an inductive Bible study, which means that it's not just going to be me sitting and talking, uh, but all of us are going to share interactively. So if uh, you're a member of this church, you will automatically get an invitation to, uh, to join us. If you're not, I would ask you to do this. Just send... Um, a request to this email address, info, I-N-F-O, at harmonyvineyardchurch.com, and just request that you want an invite to uh, this Bible study. And if you will do that, then I will make sure that you get invited to it, and you can join us. This is open to anybody that wants to, uh, to join with us. Um, I have spent the enormous sum of $15 to get the um, pro version of Zoom, and so we can accommodate up to 100 people. 
Uh, and I would love to have to upgrade uh, just because we had um, so many requests come in that, that want to be a part of this. So uh, if you want to join us on Wednesday, like I said, send an info or send an email to info at harmonyvineyardchurch.com. All right, well, let's pray. Well, Lord God, I, I just thank you for this day, for uh, the day on which we traditionally celebrate Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, the week before he was to die, and then rise again. I just pray, Father, that you would uh, be with the words that you have given me to say, that they would touch the minds and the hearts of those who will hear them. We give you thanks and praise in this and in all things. And we ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So most of you are probably old enough to remember that in the early 1990s there was a war going on in Bosnia. And it was between the uh, Bosnian Serbs and the Muslims that were uh, part of that country. And this war tended to make these two sides very, very bitter enemies. But just as kind of with is, it, is the case now with this coronavirus that we're dealing with, we're hearing about all these amazing stories of kindness that are coming out of this, the things that people are doing for one another in the midst of this war, basically, that we're having with this illness. And there, uh, I'd like to tell you a story to start with of one such act that occurred during this conflict in Bosnia. There was a couple named uh, Rosa and Drago Sorak. And in, at a time in the war, their eldest son, whose name was Zoran, was taken from them. The Muslim police came to their house, they took Zoran away for questioning, and they never saw him again. In five months after they had abducted Zoran, his wife gave birth to a child. A little girl. And unfortunately, she was unable to nurse the child, probably because of malnutrition. At this point, the city that they lived in was, be, were, was being shelled constantly, <clears throat> and there were <clears throat> severe food shortages, and infants at that time were dying in droves. The family had no choice but to give the baby tea for four days but they could tell that the baby was fading and it was breaking their hearts. But on the fifth day, just before dawn, the Sorax heard somebody stomping up to their front door. It was their Muslim neighbor, whose name was Fadil Fedzik. And he was one of the very few people in their town that owned a cow. He was wearing these big black rubber boots and he was holding a half liter of milk. Now the other Muslim families <clears throat> in town insulted this man. And they told him, look, just let the children of our enemies die. But Fadil kept showing up on their porch for 442 days in a row until the Sorak's daughter-in-law and granddaughter were able to leave the country. Now, the Sorak said they could never forgive the people that took Zoran from them. But they also couldn't forget the kindness 
that their Muslim neighbor had shown them. Drago Sorak said this, the milk he had was precious, all the more so because it was hard to keep animals. He gave us 221 liters of milk. And every year at this time, when it's cold and dark and we close our eyes, we can hear the boom of the heavy guns and the sound of Fadil Fedzik on the stairs. Here was the power of love. What this illiterate farmer did would color the life of another human being who might never meet him and would do so long after he was gone. In his act lay an ocean of hope. Now I gave this message the title, That's the Power of Love, not because I was a huge fan of Huey Lewis in the news, but because today's text begins with love and the power of it is present throughout the entire thing. So let's look together at Hebrews 13, verses 1 through 8. Uh, I will be reading and will show the New Living Translation, but you're welcome to follow along in uh, whatever Bible that you have, if you wish. So Hebrews 13, verses 1 through 8. Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Remember those in prison as if you were there yourself. Remember also those being mistreated as if you felt you, their pain in your own bodies. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from love of money, and be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives. And follow the example of their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today, and forever. So I think a, a great way to sort of summarize what's contained in this passage would be in this phrase. The Jesus who never leaves you empowers in you a love that will never fail. The Jesus who never leaves empowers in you a love that will never fail. So how should that love manifest itself in you? Well, let's look at that and see what the text might have to say about that. The first way that the text tells us uh, it would manifest in us is through unconditional hospitality. See, the church ought to be a haven for believers, be primarily because the early Christians faced an awful lot of persecution and hatred from the world. Hopefully, within their own church, the fellowship of believers, they should have been able to find love and encouragement. And the writer of Hebrews is reminding them of that. But the thing is, I realize that for many people today, this may not be your story of the church. Too many people have been hurt by the church, dismissed because of something you've said or something that you did or something that you wore or something that you believed. But it's not supposed to be that way. 
And so let me stop right now, and as a representative of the Big C Church, the entire church, let me just say that I'm sorry. I'm sorry that the church hurt you. I'm sorry that the church dismissed you. And I'm sorry that the church let you down. Jesus had told his followers on the night before he died, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must have love for one another. And it's by this that all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Well, what does unconditional hospitality look like? Well, I think it involves showing special regard for people without any concern for their social status or their racial makeup or their economic status or what political position they choose to take. It's something that I emphasize all the time at this church, and I really believe that its effects show up in the comments that I get from visitors. Almost undoubtedly, they, they tend to write and say, this is a really friendly church. And this mention of entertaining angels unaware is a reference to uh, a text in the book of Genesis, in chapters 18 and 19, where Abraham, the father of our faith, entertained these mysterious strangers who were in reality angels. And the principle that it teaches us is that it's better to treat needy guests as messengers from God than to risk offending them by some inhospitable act. And furthermore, the Genesis story shows us that Abraham reaped rich blessings through his hospitable act. Now, that's not why we do it but that is a benefit. So first of all, the unfailing love of Jesus should manifest itself through unconditional hospitality. Second, it should manifest itself through ministry to prisoners and the mistreated. Now in context, the prisoners that we're talking about here are presumably Christians who have been persecuted for their faith in some way. And we're told to remember them because imprisoned believers could easily be forgotten. You know, we just go about our lives and we forget the fact that there's someone in prison that uh, used to be a part of the church. But I want to suggest that this ministry really shouldn't be limited to imprisoned believers, especially since our country doesn't really happen to have any yet. Jesus said that his followers would represent him as they visited people in prison. And the Apostle Paul encouraged people to empathize and to share the suffering of others. And you know, having this loving attitude is really a lot more difficult than showing hospitality. Because hospitality really only requires that you open your home and your countenance to be welcoming of others. Ministering to prisoners and the mistreated in our society really requires some thought, some planning, and some effort. But this effort honors God, and it demonstrates his unfailing love. So in thinking about this, I wanted to give you some ideas for ways that maybe you could engage in a ministry to those in prison. Because I dare say there are very few of us, and maybe none of us, that really know anybody who's in prison. But that does not mean 
that we have to uh, or are able to ignore this particular uh, command from Scripture. And so here are some of the things that I thought about that you could do if you uh, wish to engage in this. First and foremost, you can pray. And I would say specifically pray for those who are imprisoned for their faith. Even go online and do a search and maybe get their names of the various people who are held in prisons for their beliefs across the world. And, and make it a, a habit to pray for them, either daily or weekly or whatever rhythm uh, you think is right for you. You can also donate to prison fellowship or some other prison ministry. You could sponsor some sort of a Bible correspondence course. But those are all things that we kind of can do from the comfort of our own home. How about some things that actually would require us to get involved? And so I think first and foremost, what you want to do is talk to the prison chaplain um, at whatever prison may be uh, close to you. It may be a, a county jail. Um, and, and find out what it is that he or she might need that you could help provide. For example, perhaps there's some inmates that you could visit and establish a relationship with. Maybe there could be a need for assisting in the worship services that they do in that particular institution. Perhaps you could teach a Bible study. Now, as soon as you mention that, everybody automatically goes, well, I'm not qualified to teach a Bible study. Yeah, you are. To teach a Bible study, all you really do need to do is know a little bit more than the people that you're teaching. And so and there are plenty of courses available that have leader guides that could help you in uh, leading something like that. And so uh, it's really not that hard to find a way to teach a Bible study to anyone, in particular inmates. Perhaps uh, your gift is counseling and you could conduct some counseling services. You could perhaps teach classes on a specific skill or trade that uh, you are capable in. You could provide reading materials. You could maybe establish a correspondence with some of the inmates. You could sponsor someone who's on parole or on probation. And finally, you could perhaps help locate jobs for ex-offenders. But remember, in whatever it is that you choose to do, Respect the fact that they, too, have been made in the image and likeness of God. And so secondly, Jesus' unfailing love should manifest in us through ministry to prisoners and to those who are mistreated. Number three is that we are to manifest Jesus' love through avoiding improper relationships. Now what we're talking about here are improper relationships with other people and an improper relationship with money. Christians are to refrain from both sexual immorality and the love of money. And all, both of these sins are really rooted in covetousness, desiring what somebody else has and wanting it for yourself. And even though this was written thousands of years ago, Sex, money, and power are always temptations, and they have been <laughs> since the dawn of time. And so what was true for the believers when Hebrews was written is just as true for us today. Why is integrity in marriage so important for the church? And I think it's because honesty, moral purity, and faithfulness 
are essential to properly worship God. Also, it's because the marriage relationship often illustrates the relationship that God has with his people. A relationship on earth with one's spouse ought to illustrate love and trust and devotion that's available from our Creator. And in times of persecution and pressure, a believer needs help and encouragement, and that can often come from his or her spouse. Yet another problem which is shared by both early and modern Christian society is this menace of materialism. Love of money, according to 1 Timothy 6.10, is the root of all evils. And it's certainly a recurring problem that has not been avoided by many Christians in Western society. It's important to note, though, that it's not money itself which we have to avoid, but the love of it. And there are many people who have gotten caught up in the snares of loving money, and they would have saved their, themselves an awful lot of heartache and misery if they had just heeded the, the advice that's given here. So this third way that Jesus' unfailing love manifests itself in us is in our avoidance of improper relationships. And fourth, it's through contentment. Now I want to show you a commercial for GMC trucks that probably says about as much of what society thinks about contentment as anything I could say. How do you want to live? As a decent person? Fine human being? Not a bad guy? Always showing up? Getting the job done? As a good father? friend, son. Is that it? Good? Of course not. Parent of the year? Better. Employee of the month? Absolutely. Going above and beyond? Check. Making her heart skip a beat. Thump. One of a kind. The center of their world. The linchpin. Undeniable. Like a boss. Like a rebel, like a standard bearer. Now, I don't have anything against trying to be the best at something. But what I think is troubling about this commercial is the struggle that it presents with contentment. Notice that in the commercial, that being a good parent or a decent human being or a good friend aren't considered to be enough. You've got to be parent of the year. You've got to be an amazing romantic. You have to be the boss in everything. You see, contentment is not just about stuff. It's about living a life that isn't striving to achieve greatness apart from Jesus. So how, do we, how can we live a contented life? How can we learn to be more content? Well, I think first and foremost, you have to just decide to live with less rather than constantly desiring more. Perhaps you give away out of your abundance rather than constantly accumulating more stuff. You can relish what you have rather than resent what you're missing. We become content when we realize God's sufficiency for our needs. And being content with what we have and trusting God enough 
to meet the needs that we'll have in the future is how we can manifest God's unfailing love for us. Now I'd like to close today with a short poem that I think summarizes what I've been talking about quite well. It's called, And God Said No. I asked God to take away my pride, and God said no. He said it was not for him to take away, but for me to give up. I asked God to make my handicapped child whole, and God said no. Her spirit is already whole. Her body is only temporary. I asked God to grant me patience, and God said no. He said that patience is a byproduct of tribulation. It isn't granted, it's earned. I asked God to give me happiness, and God said no. He said he gives blessings. Happiness is up to me. I asked God to spare me pain, and God said no. He said I must grow on my own, but he will prune me in order to make me faithful. I asked God if he loved me, and God said yes. He gave me his only son who died for me, and I will be in heaven someday because I believe. I asked God to help me love others as much as he loves me. And God said, ah, finally, now you have the idea. Let's pray. Lord God, I give you thanks for your words of wisdom. I give you thanks for your unfailing love that is available to each and every one of us if we will only just reach out our hands to you and accept the offer that you give us by believing in your Son, Jesus. Father, I pray that all those who have heard this today will, in their own way, abide by whatever part of the teaching applies to them. It could be that they need to become more hospitable. It could be that God is calling them to a ministry to those in prison. It could be that there is a relationship that they need to end, be with a person or with the almighty dollar. Or it could simply be that they need to become more content with what they have and not covet all that everybody else has. So Father, I just pray that you would take these words that uh, you have spoken through me and permeate the lives of those who have heard them. Work them in. Let the parts that need to be emphasized in each person rise to the surface. And then give all of us the strength and the courage to act on those words and to make the changes in our life that is necessary. We just give you thanks and praise, Lord, as we go into this week of your son's passion. Give us a renewed understanding of what Jesus went through for us so that we may truly be able to come 
to Easter Sunday and rejoice in the sacrifice that was made on our behalf. I give you thanks and praise, Lord God, in this and in everything. Ask all this now in Jesus' name. Amen. And now I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Chip to come and to uh, take us through the rest of our service. Amen. Amen. What an amazing message. What a, an amazing amount of, of information to process and think about. Wow. Palm Sunday, here we are, streaming online. I know this may not be the avenue you wanted to do your Palm Sunday, but we're here together, and we might not be physically together, but we are together in spirit, I feel, and I feel we're together in, in heart, but I do want to take a few moments, and I just want to pray, so would you, right where you're at right now, I don't care if the kids are screaming, I don't care if, you know, you're cooking breakfast, I don't care, whatever you're doing, well, if you're cutting the stove off at least, would you bow your head, and would you just enter into a moment of prayer. Let's just still ourselves before the Lord. We know the circumstances. We know what everything says on the news. We know what everything says, in, you know, that's happening in our world. But we as Christians have a peace. And we can stand in the midst of any struggle because Jesus Christ is our Savior. And he says we're more than conquerors. So just invite him to come. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Come, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I know we did get a prayer request in for Lavelle. We're praying for your leg. Father, would you touch his leg right now? Heal it from whatever is going on, Lord. Allow him to be able to walk again in Jesus' name. Father, for anyone watching who is stressed out, who is depressed, who is anxious, who is fearful, in the name of Jesus, we come against that spirit of fear. And we rebuke it and we command it to lose its power in Jesus' name. Father, I speak to back and shoulder issues in the name of Jesus and I command them to cease in Jesus' name. digestive issues in the name of Jesus, I command them to go. Lord, be our peace during this storm. Be our peace during this trial. Be our peace during this turmoil. Lord, bring good. Father, we join together as a church and we declare and we decree that you will bring revival, Lord. That revival will sweep our world, God. Father, that revival would come and that lives would be changed. And that as we emerge out of this darkness and we emerge out of this storm and we emerge out of this anxiety, that we will see people turn to you, God. That we will see people changed for you, God. That we will see people saying, Jesus Christ is the way. He is the truth and he is the life and no one can come to the Father except by him. Because when the dust settles after the world is shaken, you will stand, oh God. You will stand, mighty God. You will stand in the fire. You will stand in the flood, Lord. 
You'll stand in sickness and disease. You'll be our healer and our deliverer, our keeper and our comfort, our advocate. You're close to the crushed in spirit and brokenhearted. Thank you, God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray a supernatural blessing over every person watching this. I pray, a I pray a blessing of protection. I pray the blood of Jesus be on them. I pray that your spirit would guard their home from illness and disease, would guard their home from strife. Father, I pray that families would come back together. I pray that love would be rekindled in Jesus' name. And if you're, if you're watching today and you're saying, I don't know. I, I don't have peace. I don't have all of that. You can. You can have all of that so easily, so simply. You just have to put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have to understand the Bible all the way. You don't even know, have to honestly understand anything about Jesus. You don't even, you can still be skeptical in some areas because Jesus Christ is a person. He is not a concept. He is not a moral code. He is a person. And that person wants a relationship with you. God can have anything he wants. He can take anything he wants, but he still wants your heart. So if you need that peace, would you just pray with me now? And you don't have to, you know, it's not a magical prayer. It's just something we can say together. Father, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Come into my life. Come into my heart. I want to be a child of you. 844-960-0943. That's 844-960-0943. Our God has been amazing. I want to pray one more blessing over you. And I encourage you today, don't let this be the last amount of time you spend with Jesus. Get with your family. Read your Bible. Get with your family. Pray. If you're solitary alone by yourself, you're not alone. The spirit of the living God of the universe is in your home with you. Connect with him. But let me pray. Father, you're an amazing God. You're a good God. You hold all things together. You're the king of the universe. You're the king of the world. Father, the same way that <laughs> I feel like the same way the Israelites had to depend on you in the desert because they didn't know what was happening. That's where we're at. And God, there's no better place to truly be than to be completely led by you. So Father, bless every person watching. I pray over their health that they would be prosperous, God. I pray over their finances that they would be prosperous, God. I pray that you would give them hope and healing and, and know that all things work together for the good of those who love you, God, and are called according to your purpose. Lord, if anyone gave their life to you today, I pray an extra blessing of strength on them. So, Jesus, we thank you, we honor you, we praise you, and we will get through this together as a church by exalting you, our King. We love you. And all God's people said amen. Thank you so much for watching. God bless you. We love you.